Hi, today is Wednesday, February 22nd, and welcome to the five-minute check-in. So today we're going to revisit the idea of treating COVID, particularly with Paxlovid. And there are a couple of reasons why we're doing this. Number one, a recent publication just came out in the Annals of Internal Medicine, which I think is really worth spending some time with. And number two, we're approaching the official end of the federal emergency around COVID pandemic. And that has many implications for us. So let's get right to it and meet our two experts. So now on to our special guests. Very excited. We have Dr. Ankita Sagar with us once again, our Vice President for Clinical Standards and an Associate Professor at Creighton University. And new to the five-minute check-in, we have Dr. Corey Kylan Zeisman, who is our Senior Vice President for the Physician Enterprise in the Southwest and an Assistant Professor at Creighton University. So thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Great. So let's get right into this discussion. I, I thought it was important that we revisited therapies for COVID because I think we're entering a phase where we're out of the emergency you know, situation with COVID. We're now at a point where COVID will be around and we're going to have to just normalize the fact that we're going to diagnose and treat this on an ongoing basis. So this article that came out in the annals really got me thinking about it again. And so, Corey, why don't you start us off? What is the current situation using Paxlovid with recently diagnosed COVID patients? And tell us about this article and what's different here. Sure. So there's a lot of good evidence out there already about the beneficial effects of Paxlovid on the outpatient high-risk unvaccinated population as far as reducing the risk of hospitalization and death. What this article sought to do is look at the effects of Paxlovid on the outpatient high-risk vaccinated or presumably immune population, which I thought is kind of interesting. And basically what they did is a retrospective population-based cohort study. But what was kind of neat is um, they designed it to actually mimic a classic clinical trial, actually uh, specifically Epic HR. And then they did sort of some uh, fancy statistical uh, analytics to mitigate the bias that comes with that type of study. As far as what population they looked at, they took advantage of the integrated EMR coming out of Mass General Brigham. And what was impressive is that they were able to identify 45,000 patients who met criteria, outpatient, high risk, vaccinated. Um, and then what they uh, looked at is that time period during the Omicron wave, that first six months of 2022. And what they found out is despite there already being a low risk of hospitalization and death in this cohort, around 1%, if you added Paxlovid, you were able to reduce that risk even further, and it was statistically significant. Wow. So interesting trial. I mean, use a lot of data points, retrospective, but I thought it was very elegant in terms of the way they designed the trial. As you said, they kind of mimicked a randomized trial. Um, but the real issue that came out here is the rate of the endpoint was low. So we're reducing something that's already kind of low. And I, it, it's kind of a tough thing to get your head around as a clinician. So Ankara, how do you think about this issue where you have a low overall rate of something that you're reducing? Sure. So we have in the study, the 1% hospitalization rate. And while that seems low, 
what we can think about is the fact that this is a pretty significant outcome for patients, right? So we're talking about mortality, we're talking about hospitalization. So while the number, the percentage is low, it's still significant right. to the individual patient. And then when you add in risk factors and think about who is the ideal patient, it means that much more to see outcomes like these. Right. Corey, what, what did the study say about some of these risk factors? I think, you know, Ankit is alluding to here that in a sense bumps that baseline rate up a little bit. Yeah, when they teased it out, the, the real drivers were uh, BMI greater than 30 and actually time out from last dose of vaccination. So greater than 120 days is where it seemed to have the most impact. Great. So let's wrap it up and, and think about advice to clinicians. And, and Corey, why don't we start with you? What, what are you thinking, frontline clinicians, how should they be thinking about the use of Paxlovid in this case? Uh, again, the numbers are small. So in my mind, if um, you're treating a patient COVID positive um, and the risk factors start stacking up, age, BMI, other comorbid conditions, time from last vaccination is, is, is getting significant and we're seeing that more and more, I'd probably lean towards prescribing Paxlovid because again, um, as was discussed, um, numbers are small, but hospitalization and, and death are, are no joke. So pretty serious. You were preventing pretty something pretty serious. And, and Ankara, what is your sort of, you know, take home? And can you mention a little bit, because we hear everyone worried about rebound and how did that play out in this article? So let me talk about rebound first. So in the article, in the study, what they found was even though rebound symptoms may occur, they were zero hospitalizations related to the rebound. Mm -hmm. So when we think about it, the net benefit of being on Paxlovid with certain risks in your patient probably balances out any rebound symptoms they might experience. So to Corey's point, when those risks start to stack up, I think it is an important consideration to think about Paxlovid for that ideal patient. Right. I'm going to ask you to say one more thing, and you and I talked about this a little bit, Ankara, and there was a mention in there that, um, you know, Blacks and Hispanics had fewer prescriptions. Um, any further thoughts before we close out on that? Sure. I think this point goes to illustrate that there are always opportunities for us to think about engagement with our patients, especially thinking about communities that are disenfranchised and marginalized. So hopefully future studies will give us a better answer of how to make sure we are engaging all of our race, ethnicity, and other populations across the board. Great. Well, on that note, we're going to close up. And I really appreciate both of you making the time to join us today. So thank you very much. So thank you for joining me at the five-minute check-in. As I mentioned with my colleagues, May 11th marks the end of the official federal public health emergency related to COVID-19. In the link below is the roadmap that the federal government has laid out for the implications of ending that emergency. And in an upcoming five-minute check-in, we're going to go into that in great detail. Also below is a link by Father Tom Kopsteiner on a reflection related to the Lenten season, because today is Ash Wednesday. So thank you for joining me, and I'll see you in the next five-minute check-in.